Not since the 2008 Fiesta Bowl, Bill Stewart's finest hour. Nearly a decade and a half of football history later, West Virginia finally has a victory over the Oklahoma Sooners for the first time as a member of the Big 12 Conference. It was a memorable day at Milan Pushkar Stadium. It was a wet day at Milan Pushkar Stadium. And it's a day that maybe has changed the trajectory of quite a few things here at this football facility. Nick Farrell here alongside Ryan Decker on the Golden Blue Nation podcast. We're brought to you as always by Pritt and Spano, West Virginia's lawyers, your WVLawFirm.com. And Deck, there is a whole lot to unpack from this one. Uh, are you soaked to the bone or not quite? Not quite soaked to the bone. I was prepared, but cold, yes, yeah. wet, yes, this excited, dude wore a yes. Tie. This dude wore a shirt and tie. I was prepared. To a football game under a rain jacket, and he says he's not and soaked to the bone. And a vest. All right, but still, that's a, that's <laughs> dedication to the fit. All right, so I guess, where do we start? Let's start here. West Virginia scores 10 unanswered points in the fourth quarter to claim its first victory over Oklahoma as a member of the Big 12, snapping a nine-game losing streak in this series. Casey Legg kicks the game-winning field goal as time expires. Essentially a chip shot. 25 yards. He's still perfect on the year in field goals and got this one to go as time expired. But, you know, that was the winning play. But the winning moments happened long before that kick to set West Virginia up. And one of the winning moments was a quarterback change. I mean, that is the big story here, Deck, is it not? JT Daniels started the game. Garrett Green got a couple of series during the first half, right. including the final series in the in the first half, which led to West Virginia's first touchdown, a second quarter drive where West Virginia responded to an Oklahoma touchdown, fell behind. What was it at the time? Uh, Twelve was it, six. Yeah, it, well, so but they scored the two point special teams conversion. It was ten nothing before that. So Garrett Green scores the touchdown to make it ten six. Then a weird play where Oklahoma goes and scores and makes it twelve six. Out of the locker room. You know, you lean to the person to your left and you lean to the person to your right and you say, it's got to be Garrett, right? right? And sure enough, it was. It was, but not until, at least according to Garrett, the opening moments right before the second really half kickoff, interesting. really, he had no idea. And, I, you know, you wonder, was that the coaching staff really just going down to the very last moments to make that decision? Or did they make that decision, but trying to keep Garrett, maybe not on his toes necessarily, yep. but keep really in ready. that mindset of, exactly, keep both quarterbacks in the mindset of being ready to play in this game. And after that point, Garrett got it done. So Garrett Green, a solid performance today, 100-plus yards rushing, 100-plus yards passing for West Virginia. The Mountaineers really frankly, could not move the football when Daniels was in at quarterback in the first half. Uh, part of that was because it was pouring rain off and on all day today, made the passing game for both teams relatively ineffective. Uh, one thing that I think is interesting here is that West Virginia, the coaches talking to them after the game, you know, they knew that they wanted to get Garrett some work in practice this week. He performed well during the dr late uh, fourth quarter drive that he led against Iowa State, which of course resulted in a touchdown and a 31-14 loss. They've worked him in in various packages, including as a slot receiver at times over the yeah. last few games. He plays uh, a series at quarterback against Iowa State, and then he plays a half-plus against Oklahoma. And I kind of wonder if at some point somewhere somebody at West Virginia took a look at the Kansas State-Oklahoma tape where the quarterback for K-State 
went berserk. I'm talking about Adrian Martinez right. in a 41-34 Kansas State victory over OU earlier this season. Passed for more than 200 yards, rushed for just shy of a buck 50. Oklahoma, it's clear that Oklahoma's Achilles heel is a running quarterback. And in fact, multiple people on the Oklahoma sideline deck remarked about that to me today. Hmm. They were like, look, Neil Brown making a smart play here. Coaching staff of West Virginia clearly sees an opportunity in Garrett Green on a right. day like today when they can't pass the football. How are you going to make plays? Put a playmaker in at quarterback. And that's what happened for Garrett Green in West Virginia today. Well, and outside of running quarterback, you just look at running the football. That's been the Achilles heel of this Oklahoma defense coming into mm-hmm. today. Any team that rushed for really more than 170 yards, but any team that rushed for 200 or more yards against the Sooners is undefeated against Oklahoma this year. That's exactly what West Virginia did because of Garrett Green leading the way. WVU ends the game with 203 rushing yards. Green's got 119 by himself on 14 carries. Really, you saw as momentum started to swing in West Virginia's favor. Oklahoma just had no answers defensively for West Virginia running the football. Neil Brown telling us after the game, time of possession really is not something that his team looks at too much, really tries to scheme around, game plan around. Well, that was the case today against Oklahoma, wanted to control the time of possession and did that late. West Virginia got the ball after an Oklahoma missed field goal and essentially put the game away. Am I right that that was West Virginia's final drive? Uh, yes. I, I think so. So yes. uh, the scenario is in the fourth quarter, Oklahoma kicks uh, 45-ish yard field goal. It doinks off the post. 46 yards, 46 yeah. yard field goal. Trying to get this all from memory here. Uh, and after that, West Virginia had the ball until the final kick, which was the good Casey Lake right. field goal, correct? 15 plays, 65 yards, 624 on that final drive by West Virginia. Which really impressive what they did there. Exactly what West Virginia had to do, Deck. I mean, I mean w- w- one thing that we talked about today on Mountaineer Game Day and one thing that Coach Brown has discussed throughout the year, can this team make plays at what he calls winning time, right? right? That's in the fourth quarter when a game's up for grabs. Can you make the plays to win the game? And West Virginia did that in the fourth quarter of this game for the first time since the Baylor game exactly. to snap this three-game losing streak against Big 12 teams. Ten unanswered points, but particularly the way that that final drive unfolded. People are going to talk about Garrett Green. They're going to talk about him being the starting quarterback from now on, which is a question we're going to discuss here. Sure. Next deck. But I think you got to give a shout out to Tony Mathis on a day like yeah. this. Wearing an elbow brace, first game back from injury. They don't really have anybody else reliable available. They haven't given the ball to Jalen Anderson a ton. He got some totes today, but the workload went to Mathis, who had 20 plus carries, but only logged about 50 ish yards net. Uh, he still did what he was asked to do, right? This was a ground and pound game where West Virginia just had to grind it out in that final quarter. And that's what they did. They rode Green and they rode Mathis and a couple of screen passes, right. of course. Uh, but but that was how West Virginia methodically took care of business and won the game at winning time. When you talk about Tony Mathis stepping up, that's an injury that he suffered against Texas Tech just two and a half weeks ago, really, that should keep him out for the remainder of the year. That That's really a two-month injury that he's suffered, and he's come back in two weeks. It's really impressive what Tony Mathis did. And then just speaking of the second half in general here, let's look at these drive times. We talked about yeah, possession yeah. a little while ago. Drive times for West Virginia. The first, time, or first drive out of halftime, 59 seconds, punt. The next drive, 6 minutes and 18 seconds, touchdown. Next one, 457, touchdown. One after that. 49 seconds, punt, the final drive, 624 touchdown. When West Virginia kept the ball for over a minute there in the second half, they scored a touchdown. They got right. points on the board, which is exactly what you had to do. Even though that that last punt, that was a drive that you thought, man, West Virginia has to score on this drive. Yep. It was one of those drives. 
turned out not to be the case. It was the very last drive they had to score on, and they did. Yeah, of course, West Virginia gets fortunate this time. Some bounces go their way that did not go their way last year when these teams met in Norman. And and really, with the exception of the Baylor game, have not gone West Virginia's way at any other point this season. So, yeah, West Virginia, maybe a little bit of luck too, but you have to make your own luck in situations like this. So, Deck, uh, let's get your reaction to this before we now hear from Coach Brown. He says he will not make a decision on the starting quarterback moving forward. West Virginia's got two games left in the regular season, hosting K-State a week from today, senior day at Milan Pushkar Stadium. That's a nationally ranked team. And then on the road to face Oklahoma State, a team that as of now is still sort of in the picture for the Big 12 title game, would need a lot to go its way, and maybe is conversely in a tailspin. So when you look at things now, you feel a little bit differently about West Virginia than you did this morning. The team was 3-6 and and needed to win out to get to bowl eligibility. Well, now you're one step closer, and the dream is still there. But he won't name the starting quarterback. He says he may name him this week, but it's unlikely, his words, that he's going to make a public announcement. Any reaction to that deck? What do you think? I have thoughts on that, so So I want to know what you think. Strategically, it makes sense. If you're having a ranked Kansas State team come in here who has played really good football throughout the majority of the season, why announce publicly a starting quarterback, especially when it looks like you've got two who can really run the offense at this point. JT's run it very well at different times. Garrett Green ran it very well today. Why announce it publicly? Why give Kansas State that advantage? Now, for our sakes, it'd be really nice if they announced (laughs) it publicly like tomorrow or maybe Monday or Tuesday. So we knew what we were talking about throughout the week leading up to kickoff on Saturday. But it really does bring an extra element, not only of intrigue for for next week's game against Kansas State, which before today was not an intriguing game. Now it is, especially with the quarterback. It's not a controversy, but it's it's a talking point, I guess you could say, for West Virginia. But yeah, I mean, strategically, there's no real point in naming a quarterback before Saturday at whatever time they're going to kick off. And so... To, to echo that deck, the future of this program starts now. It started today, in yeah. fact, with Green potentially taking over the reins from the transfer quarterback, Daniels. Uh, I agree with you strategically. I think it makes sense for Coach Brown to stay hush on this. Uh, I think the cat's already out of the bag, though. K-State, West Virginia may have had a little bit of the element of surprise against Oklahoma today. Maybe the Sooners knew that they were going to see green. They probably worked on it. They probably worked on what it would look like if West Virginia throws its running quarterback out there. But as we mentioned, Oklahoma struggles against rushing quarterbacks and just generally good rushing teams overall. Um, So I think K-State's got tape on Garrett Green. They're not going to be surprised. That's for sure. But here's the thing, Deck. Here's the thing that I thought was different today. When I make predictions about things, they are almost always wrong. I mean, like, I could be, you know, one of those guys like, I don't know, Skip Bayless or whatever. What was that guy, Colin Cowherd, right? Sometimes they say stuff and it's just like asinine and everyone knows that it's going to be wrong, right? That's normally me. When they're driving there at the end of the first half and Green has it, I turned to somebody on my left and said, Garrett's going to fake a handoff to Tony and run up the middle and score. Takes it down to the two-yard line. I knew what was coming. Right. I would not consider myself to be a high football IQ guy, but I knew what was coming. Everybody in the building probably knew what was coming, and they could not stop it. And I think that's what makes West Virginia just a little bit different here moving forward. The fact that everybody in the building knew what was going to happen on a few of these occasions, and they could not stop it. And you really wonder, too, with Graham Harrell now having a week to really work in two quarterbacks into his game plan for Kansas State, do they get a little, dare you say, cheeky 
and have both quarterbacks on the field, which they have done it, it sometimes this year, but it's always been with Garrett lined up as a tailback or a slot receiver. You know, do, do you line JT out really wide and do a pass to JT, a pass to Bryce over the top? <laughs> do you get fun like that? And really, I mean, because K-State, what do we always talk about with Kansas State? They're really great fundamentally. They're really good on special teams. You get kind of playful, creative in, in a game plan offensively like that. That can take a fundamentally sound team out of their element. So, West Virginia, so many things happened today. I think we covered quite a few of them. Mountaineers beat Oklahoma 23-20, the first victory over the Sooners since the 2008 Fiesta Bowl, since Bill Stewart's Leave No Doubt speech. It was a unique day at Milan Pushkar Stadium. It poured. I was soaked, but it was all worth it to be able to listen to those guys sing Country Roads with the fans. We're still getting rained on here. I don't know if you picked that up on the Nats sound. Uh, Anyway, let's get to a quick break. Quick word from our sponsor. When we come back, we'll hear from Coach Brown, his post-game thoughts. Pritt and Spano, West Virginia's lawyers. Unexpected hurdle? Pritt and Spano. Unseen circumstance? Pritt and Spano. Personal injury, criminal law, flash wills, family law. You need a firm that will be with you through it all. Pritt and Spano. Their passionate team will employ their resources and unique perspectives to deliver the most effective representation. When you find yourself in need, turn to those who will fight for you. Pritt and Spano, West Virginia's lawyers. Find them at yourwvlawfirm.com. Golden Blue Nation podcast continues. Brought to you as always by Pritt and Spano, West Virginia's lawyers, yourwvlawfirm.com. Let's listen in now to head coach Neil Brown's post-game press conference. Since joining the Big 12 in 2012, been a, been several really good football teams and a lot of great players play here. Um, and But this is the first team to get it done. And uh, that was kind of our talking points all week. You know, not very many opportunities late in the season to, to be able to do something for the first time. And uh, I thought the guys took that to heart and, and and proud. Proud of the staff, proud of the players for getting that done. First, first team to beat OU. And uh, we owed them. We owed them. We really felt like we outplayed them last year. And to, to lose that game in that fashion um, and then turn around and, and – and get it done on a last second field goal today. Uh, that was that was extremely rewarding. Uh, three phase three phase win. Um, we had a plan coming into it where offensively we really wanted to control the clock and we knew made first downs like uh, explosive plays are hard versus them. Um, but we we felt like we could kind of grind it out. Um, time of possession is not something we spend a whole lot of time talking about usually, but like we knew it was going to be important today and made first downs. You know, just hey, if we can keep getting first downs, then we felt really good about our opportunity to win. I'll start with defense. You know, Oklahoma's one of 13 on third and fourth, third and fourth down today. You know, I think, you know, that was huge. And that had been an area where we really struggled statistically coming into this game. But they go one of 13, and we held them to one score. You know, uh, I don't know how many possessions they had in the second half, but they had one score, a touchdown and a two-point conversion, and that was it. And we bent, but we didn't break, and, and we got off the field. Um, offensively, we ran the ball, you know, 203 yards. We ran it 53 times to get that. Uh, so we weren't super explosive by any means, but we ran the ball and that enabled us to control the clock, keep our defense off the field. Uh, and I thought we, we, we wore them down, you know, in that last drive, that was a toughness drive, mental and, mental and physical toughness. We run almost six minutes off the clock. They use all three timeouts um, and, and we're able to, to walk off with the win uh, special teams. You know, I think sometimes in, it goes and, and people don't notice it, but it was huge. This was a field position game, and Oliver Straw has been great all year. We have four punts inside the 20, and so they had to play with their back against the end zone a lot. Uh, the fake punt, 
you know, we're down uh, seven points, fake point, fake punt. We executed. Sam James gets the gets the first down just barely, but he got it, and that extended that drive. And we go down and score to tie it up um, on that drive. And I thought the kickoff return by Sam James in the first half. You know, we blocked it really well, and that kind of got us going. Um, you know, and we we go down and score right after that. It was ten to nothing, and and we hadn't played. It was kind of misleading offensively because we we didn't go three and out, but we didn't score points. You know, and so to get the to get that uh, kickoff return and then follow it up with a touchdown was huge. Um, and then you come out and and, and Casey Leg kicks his his second second walk off. Uh, field goal this year to win and versus second quality opponent you know beat Baylor on a field goal and then I think Colton McGee you know he dropped the snap earlier in the game and and I've done that I've been there I've had to hold before and that's something that people don't talk about um but Colton McGee rebounded and he didn't get the extra point down gave up two points but he came back and got the got the field goals the last uh field goal at the end of the game got it down under some wet conditions and, and got the win so uh big win super excited you can imagine that locker room's fired up and uh i hope this is one that that all of mountaineer nation because i know we've been waiting on it for a while against oklahoma hope everybody can enjoy it turning to garrett obviously did you, did you have a thought of that during the week or was that just impromptu and, and what'd you think of what he did we gave him some more snaps during the week because i thought he played pretty well last week and uh you know, and we knew this was going to kind of – if we were going to win the game, the, the only way we were going to win the game was controlling the clock and running the football. And and obviously, if you get into that type of game, even though we've been able to run the ball pretty well outside of a couple games with JT, we felt like we were going to need the next extra guy. And then they really started pressuring us early in the game with edge pressure. Um, and, and a running quarterback is a much better, much better answer for that than some other things. And so, um, and the weather played a factor in it too. You know, this most of the time when it's wet and you're playing on AstroTurf, the passing game, it doesn't affect it. But it was it was steady. It was steady, and, and the balls you, you get a certain number of balls, but you get late. You know, those those balls start getting pretty slick. So that played a factor in it too. I thought he 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 always has energy. Um, and I, I thought the the drive before half really kind of. He made a couple plays on that, a couple broken plays. Um, now, he, he still made some mistakes, you know, but, you know, we were able to get out of some of those. But I'm happy for him. He kind of just waited his time. He hadn't complained. Um, and he went in there and, 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 and did a nice job. What type of decision do you have a quarterback or do you even have a decision to make a quarterback? Yeah, Mike, I'm probably going to make that sometime this week. You know, we're not going to make it today. Um, you know, I thought that, thought that JT, the first pick, that was really – you know, we really kind of got crossed up. It really wasn't all his fault. And then uh, it was more about just needed somebody that could help us in the run game more than anything that he did negatively. Um, but now we haven't made a decision on who's going to start at Kansas State, and we won't do that. Um, and I, I don't even know if we'll do anything publicly, but we won't do anything um, until the until the start of the game plan week anyway. Is it likely that regardless of that decision – there could still be involvement in both quarterbacks. Yeah, I think that's fair, Mike. Yeah, I do. On the fake punt? Yep. Save it for the right time. And you thought about that earlier in the game. There were situations you could have done it. That's the right time. Really wanted to do it against Iowa State. And we just, man, it was such a back and forth game. Um, and we had some weird field positions at Iowa State. So that's, that's one we've carried for a couple weeks. And so, 
I just felt like right there, it's 20 to 13. You know, if we punted back to them, they had momentum. I just felt like, hey, let's, let's, we, we need this play. And, and the guys executed it. We didn't get a great look for it. You know, I came out there and, and they had three or four at the second level. Uh, but it's one of those deals once you call it, you got to live with it. And I felt like if we get one on one, he could outrun them. And he did. Sam James played big today. And he's quietly, you know, even during this losing streak we had, he's quietly put some really good football games together. You know, he covers punts as a gunner as good as anybody in our league. He'll 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 get a chance in the NFL because of that. And then he made a huge play on a on a deep ball, you know, under duress today. Made a couple really nice catching runs and the fake punt and then the kickoff return. But it, he's been playing really good field football, you know what I mean, just making really, really good football plays and blocking on the perimeter, those type of things. That's head coach Neil Brown with his postgame thoughts following West Virginia's historic 23-20 victory over Oklahoma at Milan Pushkar Stadium. WBU now has two Big 12 wins, but even more importantly, I guess you could say Mountaineers 4-6 and six overall, which puts them two games away from reaching the bull eligibility threshold with two games to go. Those games are next weekend, one week from today, at home against Kansas State, a nationally ranked team that's battling to get a berth to the Big 12 championship game in December in Arlington. Time still to be announced as we record this around 6 p.m., maybe a little bit earlier than that, on Saturday. When the time is announced, we'll have that for you at GoldenBlueNation.com. So make sure to stick with our website for the latest schedule updates. West Virginia then will, re- will cap its regular season on the road at Oklahoma State. That is the Saturday after Thanksgiving. Once again, a time has not been announced yet for that contest, but when it is announced, we'll have it for you at GoldenBlueNation.com and on the free Golden Blue Nation app. Deck, anything else before we wrap up? was trying to look this up as you were just saying that. Sorry, didn't give you enough time. No, no, I tried good. to stall. <laughs> I, I wasn't going to get there anyways. Uh, was was trying to look this up, but have to imagine, I, and I might be wrong on this, is Garrett Green the first West Virginia quarterback to run and throw for 100 since Skylar Howard? Good that, question. That's an open-ended question. Yeah, I, I question. tried to just look that up and couldn't find it quickly enough. But. Yeah, don't, don't remember a game where Will Greer did that. Austin Kendall definitely did not. Right. Don't think Jared Deggy ever did, and <laughs> don't we don't. So. We know that JT has not done that this season. So, so Skyler Howard, that, which, that's probably right. Did, did you get any? Not to drag this out any more than it needs to be, but did, did you get Skyler Howard at some point today? That that feeling. Uh, I got a little yeah, bit of Skyler Howard esque from Garrett today, especially the fire he showed the 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 next to last touchdown scoring drive, and then the drive that led to the field goal. Yeah. Kid was fired I, yeah, up. Yeah, I mean, it, it felt like Skylar Howard in, in, in a very good way. Kid was fired up, was soaking it up. Yeah. Uh, I will say one more thing. We're talking about predictions. I just want this to be out there for the record. Ben Queen can vouch for this. In the third quarter, I was sitting down in the workroom in the dungeon at Milan Pushkar Stadium, the bowels of Milan Pushkar Stadium. And I'm editing some photos, and I'm watching the game and editing photos and talking to Ben. And I said, You wait, Casey Legg who, by the way, was a guest on the Neil Brown Show this week with Angelica Trinone, is going to kick a game-winning field goal in the final minute to win it 23-20 for West Virginia. Deck, what happened there? Deck, Deck, what happened there? Two for two on predictions today, baby. Got to go play the Powerball. (laughs) Time to retire now. Yeah, right. All right, that's enough. We're going to go, like, edit this podcast and then try to dry off and get some food. Uh, Golden Blue Nation podcast brought to you, as always, by Pritt and Spano, West Virginia's lawyers, your WBLawFirm.com. Make sure you subscribe to this podcast wherever you get your shows. Reminder that you can listen to it anytime at GoldenBlueNation.com and on the free Golden Blue Nation app, where we also archive our specialty TV programming like Mountaineer Game Day and the Neil Brown Show. That interview with Casey Legg is not dated. In fact, it's probably more relevant than ever now that he has kicked. 
kicked West Virginia to a historic three-point victory over the Sooners. Make sure you check that out if you haven't seen it yet, that interview with Casey and Angelica Trenone at GoldenBlueNation.com. All right, we'll catch you next week after the Kansas State game with another post-game edition of the Golden Blue Nation podcast. Thanks for listening. For Ryan Decker, I'm Nick Farrell, signing off. Talk to you then.